Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to read a few scriptures before we jump into news, headlines, and some articles that may not be on your radar, but they've been on mine. And boy, there's a lot to cover today. But first, I want to thank again uh, Janice from Glen Rock, Wyoming. Um, she reminded us that we have at least one listener in Wyoming, and that's her. She sent in a donation last week to get on the list. See, we have different lists. We, we, we know uh, how many people are listening at certain times, but we don't know a lot of other details. We can see people listening from different states across the country. But anyway, so we have listeners from all over the place, but we are also getting certain donations in to Lakeshore Communications, Q90FM, Stand Up For The Truth, um, from different states, and we are up to 43 states now. People in 43 states have sent donations in. So I know there are listeners in other states, and we're down to like five. As I mentioned, if you know someone in Connecticut, Hawaii, Kansas, Louisiana, Maine, and Utah. Oh, Rhode Island. So those are the only remaining states <laughs> that we have not received a donation from. I just think this is fun to keep track of. Um Top story today we'll get to in a few minutes. Uh, the Biden regime is calling evil good and good evil. He literally said it is sinful to protect children from transgender surgeries. We'll get to that. Um, here's a headline. We don't even need to read the story because the headline says that Wyoming has become the 19th state to ban biological males in girls' sports. Um, we've got some other headlines to get to as well, including... Jelaine Appling and Wisconsin Family Action responding to the Wisconsin Abortion Exceptions Bill. Plus, we've got some election uh, kind of news. Um, Wisconsin Senate initiated a process to scrub Wisconsin voter rolls of 3.8 million extra names and phantom voters. Um, DeSantis re- responded to Biden um, by uh, in his recent remarks about transgender surgeries by releasing a video, and it is a graphic video, of transgender, the effects of transgender surgeries on minors. And uh, why? Because Joe Biden called Ron DeSantis's policies protecting children cruel. Uh, Biden really did say that. And here's an irony that needs no explanation. A CNN crew went to San Francisco to report on the spike in crime in the last several years, and they were robbed in San Francisco while reporting on the increase of crime. thought you'd find that as interesting and ironic as I do. So before we get to uh, an event coming up next Tuesday in Appleton, Wisconsin, at Freedom Project and the top stories, I've been reading First Timothy going through that, and I, I was stopped, and I had to just uh, really dig into these two scriptures. <clears throat> and it is First Timothy... Um, chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. Uh, verse 15 says, In case I am delayed, Paul says, I write to you so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself 
in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. By common confession, great is the mystery of godliness. He who was revealed in the flesh was vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. And we will be celebrating Resurrection Sunday in a couple weeks. And um, that verse 15 just seemed to jump out at me. Why? Because it says clearly that, well, first of all, he says these are how you ought to conduct yourself if you are a believer in Christ, if you are in the household of God. But he says the church of the living God is the pillar and support of the truth. Those are some eye-opening words when you consider the state of the church today and the declining biblical worldview even in, within, churches and denominations and movements that call themselves Christian, perhaps. So think about that. Again, that's 1 Timothy 3.15 and 16. Lord God, give us wisdom today. Father, we thank you for giving us another day of a breath in our lungs and our hearts are beating and because you keep us alive and we ask that you teach us to number our days that we may gain hearts of wisdom. We praise you, Lord. We know that you, because we are alive at this time, you have a plan and purpose for our lives as believers in Christ. And I thank you that no matter who we are, how old we are, where we live or what we do for a living, your purpose for us doesn't change. And I ask that you remind those who are listening that they are loved by you, that that nothing can separate them from your love. I pray that you would remind them that if you be for us, who can be against us? And greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving us, for your salvation, for the hope that we have. That hope is an anchor to our soul. And God, we thank you for your word and just another opportunity today to hopefully glorify you in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So save the date, next Tuesday, March 28, um, 6.30 p.m., the Fox Cities, Wisconsin, a chapter of the John Birch Society, is hosting Bill Hahn. He's the CEO of JBS, and he is going to be at Freedom Project Academy and in the Freedom Project building in Appleton, Wisconsin. And governments around the world are taking dangerous steps to drive farmers out of business. Farmers will have their cattle herds cut their land seized and forcibly removed from their farms. Does it sound too unbelievable to be true? It's already happened in Sri Lanka and in the Netherlands, and it's well underway in Ireland, Canada, and other countries. Bill Hahn asks how long before it happens here. So you can listen in person next Tuesday night. I don't know that they are going to live stream it. I would guess they are, but it's next Tuesday night, 630 Doors open at 6, and that's at Freedom Project Academy in Appleton, Wisconsin. You can get uh, information by going to freedom or fpeusa.org, I believe, fpeusa.org, Freedom Project, Appleton, Wisconsin. So he says um, you can learn the details behind these attacks and the motives and the players behind the plans, and you can learn how you can protect those who feed you and your family, and that would be um, local and regional farmers. So I'll mention that a few more times um, in the next week, since that's next Tuesday. Now, Wisconsin Action, Wisconsin Family Action, recently responded to an abortion exceptions bill. Uh, the proposed bill would allow abortions in certain cases to supposedly save the life of the mother 
or in the case of rape or incest. Wisconsin Family Action opposes this legislation. And Jelaine Appling, president of WFA, says, The language describing the need for an abortion to save the life of the mother is totally unnecessary. The bill mentions three specific circumstances, all three of which are either not pregnancies at all or already recognized as medically necessary to save the life of the mother. An embryonic pregnancy and molar pregnancy are circumstances where there is no embryo or fetus, so obviously it cannot be an abortion. Ectopic pregnancy is a life-threatening condition that requires emergency treatment. In all three of these cases, there is no current law that would prohibit a physician from providing the necessary medical care. Using the term therapeutic abortion in the bill's co-sponsor memo and in the legislative analysis is at best misleading. Abortion is not health care. Medical professionals have told us for years that we no longer have either-or situations, but rather both-and, meaning today both the mother and the unborn baby can be saved. If the baby dies inadvertently from the treatment given to the mother, while tragic, it is far different from intentionally killing the baby in an effort to save the mother. With regard to allowing for an abortion for cases of rape and incest, the termination of a, vial, of a viable pregnancy under any circumstances is the destruction of a human life. The child who is conceived under these circumstances is just as viable and valuable as any other child. He or she should not be destroyed because of a crime that was committed by her father, Jelaine Appling continues, rape or incest are tragic circumstances, to be sure. And the trauma to a woman is horrific. But abortion doesn't stop that trauma. It actually adds to it. The problem with this legislation is that it punishes the innocent unborn child while making it easier for the perpetrator, the real guilty party in this situation, to hide his crime. Abortion is often used to cover up crimes from sex trafficking to rape. Additionally, and very importantly, the legislation does not require any documentation or police record that an actual sexual assault took place. For these reasons, we cannot support this legislation. Passage of this bill would be the first step in fully legalizing abortion again in Wisconsin. End quote. You can look that up at wifamilyaction.org. That's Jelaine Appling, Wisconsin Family Action, who had her offices uh, firebombed almost a year ago. It was Mother's Day a year ago, and still they haven't caught anybody, no people, persons of interest, even though Jane's Revenge left their signature mark. If abortions aren't safe, you aren't either on the side of the building, and they took credit for it. But the Biden FBI and Justice Department will not prosecute or will, they won't even investigate seriously and put effort into this. This is a miscarriage of justice. We've talked about that many, many times. You can also look up podcasts with Jim. Uh, I, my, my mind went blank for a minute. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, I'm going to have to come back to that one. From Buffalo, New York, Compass Care. Pregnancy centers. Jim Harden. Gosh. Jim Harden from Buffalo. We've had him on two or three times with updates. Um, they've had to sue to get their security footage back from the police showing the people that bombed his pregnancy resource center. Uh, 
Compass Care in Buffalo, New York. So there is violence being carried out to the tune of over, I think it's over 200 now across the country, churches, pro-life pregnancy centers, and there's very little investigation, arrest, or follow-up. And that's what's tragic about the one-sided justice system due to the hypocritical Democrats in charge. So let's look at this one. This is an interesting story. Bank records reveal Joe Biden's daughter-in-law, Haley or Hallie Biden, received cash from China. All right, no surprise here. Nothing to see. Move along if you're the mainstream media. But uh, the uh, House Oversight Committee released the third Biden family member, allegedly wrapped up in the shady Chinese business dealings. Uh, Haley, or I think it's Hallie, H-A-L-L-I-E, Biden, um, was identified as the third Biden family member who allegedly received money transfers from Associate John Rob Walker after he received a $3 million transfer in 2017 from Chinese State Energy HK Limited. The records show that Hallie Biden received $35,000 over two transfers from Biden Family Associate after he received $3 million on March 1st, 2017. Um, Charlie Kirk says, so a Chinese energy company sends $3 million to a Biden family business associate two months after Joe Lee leaves office as VP. And then Hallie Biden, Bo Biden's widow and ex-girlfriend of Hunter, mysteriously starts receiving incremental payments. Not suspicious at all. <laughs> okay, how about this one? GOP outraged as Biden's border chaos costs taxpayers $130,000 a day. The Department of Defense should not be incurring these daily charges, but should be using these funds to bolster national security. I agree. The administration spends about $130,000 a day, that's taxpayer money, to store and maintain unused border wall panels at the southern border. And Senate Republicans are demanding answers. Well, don't expect answers. Don't hold your breath. All right, let's go on to the next one. That's too discouraging. Um, Department of Injustice. Biden's Department of Justice plans to indict hundreds more for January 6th, right? The, quote, insurrection. They can indict more than a 1,000 additional people on charges related to January 6th. They're calling it the riot at the U.S. Capitol. The DOJ sent a letter to Chief Judge Beryl Howell of the District Court for the D.C., <laughs> on October 28, warning that uh, the court should prepare for another 700 to 1,200 defendants, according to Bloomberg, which interviewed, well, I'm sorry, which reviewed the letter and first reported it. And let's move on. That's, that's just unbelievable, almost unbelievable. So, one more on Wisconsin elections, then we'll get to the top story. Um, Wisconsin Republican Senate initiates a process to scrub Wisconsin voter rolls of 3.8 million extra names and phantom voters. Um, 3.8 million names of supposed voters that may not exist. They're active. Um, Non-citizens, deceased, people who have moved out of state, illegally declared incompetent, non-registered, felons, and or non-eligible people on this roll of 3.8 million names just in one state, Wisconsin alone. There's a sinister bill in the assembly that is awaiting a hearing. It's AB21 with 21 co-sponsors. 
But it goes back and it shows November 1, 2020, voter registration stats. And, wow, there's a lot. There's a lot of by county, by municipality, by ward. Let me break it down just a couple paragraphs and a couple bullet points for you. Wisconsin is one of many states that has come under severe scrutiny since the 2020 presidential election when it was discovered that too many unapproved individuals are accessing WIS vote, that's Wisconsin vote, with nefarious intent to possibly affect the outcome of an election. With all precincts reporting and President Trump comfortably ahead by some 30,000 votes at midnight, November 3rd, 2020, at 3.26 a.m. on November 4th, a missing flash drive containing some 170,000 absentee ballots was somehow retrieved by the city of Milwaukee elections director from central court. And 18 minutes later, President Trump supposedly lost the election by 20,682 votes. Again, he was ahead by 30,000 votes at roughly 3.30 in the morning. Milwaukee election flash drive was briefly lost. Sources say this new legislation is critical for the following reasons. Wisconsin has a population of 5.9 million approximately. Wisconsin has a voting age population, uh, age 18 and older, of approximately 4.6 million voting. 3.3 million out of 3.5 million eligible registered voters, or 94% supposedly voted in the 2020 presidential election. That is astronomically high for any state. 94% of registered voters voted. I don't think so. But a couple more bullet points. Nearly 2 million out of 3.3 million people, or 60% voted absentee. Wow. And you know how many of those absentee ballots were rejected for various reasons? 0.002%. Nearly 1 million new new voter registrations were processed in 2020. Nearly 1 million in a state with um, less than 6 million people. Um, And there's links to all this. You can click here and you can see the summaries. And this is, by the way, over at the Gateway Pundit. It's called Happening Now. Wisconsin Republican Senate initiates process to scrub Wisconsin voter rolls of 3.8 million extra names and phantom votes. Two more bullet points. All 72 counties in Wisconsin saw their voter registration rolls increase by 7% in 2020, only to have those same voter rolls decrease by 7% over the next several months after the election. That's odd. Why would that happen? And finally, some 205,000 names were supposedly removed from um, the list shortly after the 2020 presidential election. Again, you can get into this. This is um, unbelievable that it's happening in in state by state. We just have to fight harder at the local lever, level, (laughs) lever too. Don't pull that lever. Um, Now, top story, Biden Democrats calling evil good. Once again, using religious language. And um, Joe Biden has done this before. He recently suggested that those who want to protect, protect children from transgender surgeries are evil. He said, it's terrible. And he said, it's close to sin. As if he ever had a clue about sin, God, and morality. In response to 
Biden saying that. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis released a graphic video showing the gruesome effects of trans surgeries, physical, emotional, financial, psychological damage. The Biden administration calls a right. Listen, listen to this. What did Ron DeSantis do? After Biden called the governor's policies cruel because he wanted to protect children, um, he retweeted the Biden video exposing how radical the left in America has become. And DeSantis said, quote, it's not sinful to prohibit the mutilation of minors. It is not acceptable for the federal government to mandate that procedures like sex change operations be allowed for kids. End quote. The video showed the tragic scars and side effects left on boys and girls by butchers and groomers behind the propaganda that's leading this to this huge spike in transgender surgeries. Recently introduced Florida House Bill 1421-1421 states, quote, that a physician may not perform or provide gender clinical interventions to a minor, end, end quote. And that includes, quote, sex reassignment surgeries, or any other surgical procedures that alter primary or secondary sexual characteristics and puberty blocking, hormone, and hormone antagonistic therapies, end quote. Way to go, Florida. In the new approach by the Biden Democrats to reach religious Americans in the last, well, since he was even campaigning for the election several years ago, uh, by the way, Americans who are ignorant of biblical teachings on sin and what the Bible means and says, it seems clear they're pulling out all the stops in order to target those who oppose their extreme ideologies. I want to quote David Clausen from the Family Research Council Center for Biblical Worldview. Ironically, the Florida bill, not the president's position, is in line with historic Christian sexual ethics and a biblical understanding of sex and gender. The very first chapter in the Bible makes it clear that God's design for his image bearers is that we are born male and female and that this design is good and ought to be acknowledged and embraced. And yet some could care less about truth, biology, or God's design. Let's be clear. Democrats have drawn a line in the sand. And this should be a campaign issue leading up to next year's national elections. Please talk to your representatives. Force their hand. Make this a campaign issue. Bring, quote, social issues back to the forefront because they're destroying children's lives. I know some could care less about truth, biology, or God's design, like I said. But listen to this. On International Women's Day last week, First Lady Jill Biden and Secretary of State Antony Blinken gave out International Women of Courage Awards. Ready? I know, you guys, you're too smart. You guessed it. They presented one to a man, I mean a biological male, named Alba Rueda, an LGBTQ activist from Argentina, on International Women's Day. So Joe Biden proudly announced his support for federal legislation requiring states to allow hormone treatments and sex change operations for transgender kids. He said access to trans medical procedures should qualify as a basic civil right. This is your government. As Gary Bauer writes over at the stream, quote, 
This is a guy who gets up every morning trying to figure out how he can guarantee more dead, innocent babies through abortion on demand. This is a guy who routinely commits the sin of fomenting racial discord to divide Americans. This is a guy who lies over and over again, even when he's corrected. Satan is the father of lies and comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. Now, unfortunately for the delusion-driven reprobates on the left, we are now seeing more and more detransitioners, detransitioners. These are people that have gone through certain procedures, they're full of regret, and they have serious medical or physical complications oftentimes. American citizens who blindly vote Democrat are complicit. The education system, many in the media, most progressive media are complicit. Doctors who perform the sex surgeries on healthy young girls and boys are complicit. I want to quote journalist Christopher Rufo. Now, I've referred you to him before as a resource on this issue. He is not, to my knowledge, a Christian. But he is a journalist fighting for truth and fighting to protect children and against the wickedness of DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and against the transgender movement. And Rufo says, we are castrating kids in service of a a political ideology that uses them as totems to move humanity into the new left-wing metaphysics. It's something that we are going to see in the next few years yielding horrific consequences, dystopian consequences, because it's fundamentally at war with the reality of the universe, the reality of human nature, and it cannot stand. End quote. Bottom line, friends, these people, you know, I talk a lot about forces of darkness, both human and demonic. These people driving these Ideologies, they're in rebellion. They're at war with the God of truth. But sadly, for too many Americans, it doesn't matter that the left has gone this far. It doesn't matter that they're overplaying their hand in almost every conceivable area. They'll go to the next election and they'll keep voting for whoever has a D in front of their name if they've always voted Democrat. And again, I'm not saying all Republicans are angels, all Republicans are Christians. They're not. Most of them are not. But when you look at legislation... Evaluate the party platforms, friends, and make it when you vote, and I pray to God that you vote if you're a Christian, make it about policies, platform, and procedure. Don't make it about personality. As for the silence of the majority, few seem to notice or care during the 2020 election cycle. Do you remember when Joe Biden kept implying that those on the right were evil? Often referring to a countrywide conflict. Remember he kept saying, We're in a battle for the soul of the nation, as if he knows what a soul is. But this, yeah, he said, and he continues to use this language, friends. They're battling for America's soul. Really? Really? Well, it's not in a biblical way, if that's what they're thinking they're doing. They are absolutely opposing the teachings of of God's word. But this intensifying end times battle is between the forces of darkness and those who stand against the onslaught of evil. Those who claim the name of Christ must speak up and resist because lives and souls truly are at stake. And that's not an exaggeration. And that has not been published yet, but that's 
my new article for this week. Um, when we come back, we've got a couple minutes. This is a fascinating article. First of all, the next story we're going to get to, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says, Fauci has been in charge of developing bioweapons for the Pentagon since 2002. That's just over 20 years. We're going to get to that. And also, um, a 37-year-old single influencer who is sick of waiting for the perfect partner enjoys a solo honeymoon. That's right. Love thyself. This I'm not making this up. This 37-year-old woman who has, I believe, 154,000 followers on Instagram alone. She, Her name is Brittany Allen. She went to, uh, um, I think, London, and she froze her eggs before booking her dream vacation in France and Italy, and she's been living her best single life. And she went on a solo honeymoon. That's right. Quote, she says, I think everyone has days when they're like, I want that, that deep romance, <laughs> but mostly... I don't feel the pressure to get married. I heard this quote that if you got married at 50 to the love of your life, you could be with this person for 30 years. And she says, my longest relationship was around five years, and that felt like forever. So 30 years to be with the love of your life makes me so happy. I'm not in a rush. And again, according to Alan, her outlook on life comes from her parents. She had supportive parents. She revealed that she traveled and Like I said, she did. She froze her eggs before going on a dream vacation. And more people are now going on what they're calling these, um, what, honeymoons? Solo moons. Me moons. M-E-M-O-O-N-S. They're calling them me moons. Anyway, enough of that one. We're going to get to the important story on Fauci when we come back on Stand Up for the Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth. Okay, before um, we get to the story from the Gateway Pundit and um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on Fauci, um, I want to go back to this story and I want to read 2 Timothy 3 because one of the first things it says after, realize this, in the last days, difficult times will come, for men will be lovers of self. And when mankind, it means not just men. Women will be lovers of self, too. And then lovers of money, boastful, disobedient, ungrateful, unloving, without self-control, brutal, haters of good. But men will be lovers of self. People will be lovers of self. And this article I just touched on briefly, love thyself is the first line in the article. And that's this 37-year-old Influencer. When I say influencer, like I said, uh, over 154,000 followers just on Instagram. And I don't know what she does. Maybe she does fashion stuff. But um, she went on a solo honeymoon, and she had her eggs frozen. And I want to quote her before I move on. People really loved that content. She's talking about when she was describing this, going out, world traveling by herself on a honeymoon. And... Um, people really love that content. I think I've probably had a thousand messages of women planning their own me moons. M-E dash M-O-O-N-S. As in honeymoon without your honey, just take yourself, call it a me moon. It's been really cool to know that that's inspired women to solo travel. And I would say you're not going to regret it. So here's the message she's putting out there. Love thyself. Now, 
Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is discussing the U.S. involvement with bioweapons programs and Dr. Fauci's funding of coronavirus gain-of-function research and even the anthrax scare in 2001. I'm skipping through this article, but I'll put it in today's blog at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Um, Kennedy spoke about the bioweapons accident in the U.S. in 2014 that resulted in a federal ban on gain-of-function research in the U.S. Quote, they took the money that Cheney gave them from the Patriot Act, $2.2 billion, and they funneled it through the NIH, the National Institute of Health, and it went through Anthony Fauci. So beginning in 2002, again, friends, if you're keeping score, that's 21 years ago, Anthony Fauci got a 68% raise from the Pentagon for doing bioweapons development, and he got a raise of billions of dollars a year, and then he started doing all this gain of function. Now, in 2014, three of those bugs escaped in high-profile escapes from different labs in the U.S. Congress held hearings on it. Everybody was angry. 300 top scientists sent letters to Obama saying, you got to shut down Fauci because he's going to create a pandemic. Fauci had 18 different gain-of-function experiments he was doing around the U.S. You've got to look up, I'm pausing here, Rand Paul's grilling, raked Fauci over the coals in a Senate hearing, I believe, a year or maybe it could have been a year and a half ago, maybe a year ago, on gain-of-function research. I love Rand Paul. Wish there were more men like him in Congress. <laughs> so Fauci instead, again, 18 gain-of-function experiments going on. He moved his stuff offshore to Wuhan, China, where he could do it out of sight of these 300 scientists and nosy White House officials who were trying to shut him down. And... They were, in the article, they, they said, um, back in April 2020, the Gateway Pundit reported that Chinese Dr. Xi Zhengli was part of a team working on a coronavirus project jointly with U.S. doctors in 2014 before it was shut down uh, for being too risky. Let's continue. Dr. Xi Zhengli from China was part of a team, including Dr. Ralph Barrick from North Carolina, that published an article in 2015, you can read it. It was in an edition of Nature Medicine. In the article, they discussed bat coronaviruses that showed potential for human emergence. Again, that article was published in 2015. I'm skipping around. Barrick was identified in the letter. And so after the work stopped in the U.S., the Chinese moved forward with the project and ran research and development in Wuhan at the Wuhan Virology Center. It's also important to note that back in 2017, we had solid intelligence about a viral leak in a high-security Chinese virology R&D center that resulted in the SARS virus getting out and killing people again back in 2017. So this information provides a basis that contradicts the theory, they call us conspiracy theories, right, theorists, that COVID-19 is a variant that just magically mutated in a, in a, in a bat 
in the wild and then jumped to a human. All right, I gotta just wrap this up here, but a couple more, a couple more points to make. We now know from Dr. Xi's resume and papers, you can look at, they have these documented, photocopied here in the article that she was still working on the coronavirus at that time. Um, what year was that? Did I say 2017? Yes, I did. So even then. So the leader of the U.S. task force overseeing the country's response to the, Ch- the China coronavirus, Dr. Tony Fauci, was the one who funded the Wuhan bat virus work and kept it going. So they asked the question in this article, if these research projects were banned in the U.S., was it legal or even appropriate for Dr. Fauci and, and NIAID to use taxpayer dollars to continue to fund the research over in China, in Wuhan? So the Times of Israel reported back in October 2014, the U.S. government had placed a federal moratorium on gain-of-function, GOF, research, altering natural pathogens to make them more deadly and infectious as a result of rising fears about a possible pandemic caused by accidental or deliberate release of these genetically engineered monster germs. Wow. A CDC internal report described how scientists failed to follow proper procedures to ensure samples were inactivated before they left the lab. And also found, quote, multiple other problems with operating procedures. So in the face of a moratorium in the U.S., Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the NIAID, that's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, and currently the leading doctor in the U.S. Coronavirus Task Force, outsourced in 2015 the gain-of-function research to China's Wuhan lab and licensed the lab to continue receiving federal funding. We know now. Yeah. Yep. So we'll put that in the notes at StandUpForTheTruth.com in today's blog. Um, moving on, back to this federal legislation that's been proposed by the Marxist administration in power. No, I'm not making this up. They're proposing federally regulated universe. Listen to this one. Listen to this one. Remember how often do we have people like Alex Newman, um, Heidi St. John, Israel Wayne, so many other educators, Sam Sorbo and others on this podcast to talk about what's happening with the education system, the, the good news about the, the spike in homeschooling. But there's still a massive problem in the anti-Christian government-run education system. But here's what Biden is proposing, a universal pre-K. So pre-kindergarten, for children as young as three. Let's walk through this. (laughs) 
President Joe Biden's $6.9 trillion proposed budget would have the hand of government rock the cradle by creating a federally regulated universal pre-K program for children as young as three. Altogether, President Biden would spend more than a half a trillion dollars over the next 10 years to allow all American preschoolers to, listen to this, spend their formative years in a taxpayer-funded daycare program. The president's proposed 2024 budget includes billions of dollars to create, quote, high-quality, universal, free preschool for all of the approximately 4 million, 4 million, 4 million four-year-old children in the United States. Each of the 50 states may then, quote, expand preschool to three-year-olds after preschool is available to all four-year-olds. How does this, think about what they're trying to do, and we've known they're trying to get to younger and younger children, America's children. They've got a hold. They've got access. I remember uh, about a month ago, I think we were talking about that, how they are getting a hold in the, in the public schools. That's how they do it in the public schools. They, and you can put whoever you know to be influencing or teaching or encouraging, that whether that be pronouns, LGBTQ, CRT, anti-American, you know, anti-capitalism, environmental extremism, whoever's influencing your children, they have access They're trying to gain access to even younger and younger children. If you're, I'm sorry, if you're in your 30s or late 20s, you're just having children now, yeah, your work is cut out for you when when it comes to protecting your children. But the eventual program, which would see children raised anywhere, from public schools to child care providers to Head Start, would be administered by the Department of Education in conjunction with the, with the Department of HHS Health and Human Services. That's right. Who's raising your kids? The, the Democratic Teachers Unions and the leftists and Marxists and the social justice disciples. They're making disciples social justice disciples in the public school system, and, of course, the Department of Education, and, of course, HHS, the Department of Health and Human Services. So, back to the article. The estimated cost of these child care and preschool investments, $600 billion over 10 years. This is what the Biden Democrats want to do. This is what you vote for when you vote Democrat. You want access and influence, and I will say, Control over as many young people and children as you can possibly get in America in whatever way you can reach them, right? So parents have already expressed concerns about the curriculum that might be taught in government-administered preschool programs. While the creation of a universal pre-K, pre-kindergarten, may seem benevolent, the fact that so many schools now teach age-inappropriate lessons on race and sex raises red flags that such a program would simply allow administrators access 
to children at even younger and more vulnerable ages. Thank you, Nikki Niley, the president of the Education Watchdog Group, Parents Defending Education. You can look up or link to it in this post, Parents Defending Education. It's time to stop obsessing over equity and diversity in education and instead return to teaching students a solid core curriculum that will give them the skills they need to thrive later in life. That's a question. Let's pause there. I'm going to mark my spot. How many, how many young people today are prepared for the working world, the real world, when they get out of high school or college? How many, with, with all that's time, you know, the direction of the university system in the last 50 to 75 years. Yeah. Woke on steroids. And that was before we even knew what woke meant. Right? So how many young people are actually prepared to critically think to be responsible, to want to protect their children, to love their country and respect our history. They weren't taught our history. They weren't taught true American history or, or even world history for that matter. Some are denying the Holocaust. Some are denying that we – let's just stop right there. I, well, I could go off, but I won't. See, I caught myself. So these worries are amplified by the tender age – of the children targeted by the Biden administration, which threatened to withhold federal funding. They actually did this. Let me repeat that. The Biden Democrats threatened to withhold federal funding from schools that do not allow males to access female restrooms, bathrooms, and intimate areas. Now I'll say the whole thing. They, who did not allow males to identify, who identify as, as transgender, so males, Boys to access female restrooms, bathrooms, dressing rooms. So the federal government, they wanted to punish those schools that wanted to protect young girls. So between 15 to 18 months of age is when most children start forming their worldview, explains George Barna, describing his recent research at Arizona Christian University's Cultural Research Center. Uh, he was talking with Tony Perkins of the Family Research Council on a program Tony does called Washington Watch. And Barna said by the age of 13, that's one year after 12, it's almost completely in place. I'll say that again. A child's worldview bet- between 15 and 18 months of age is when most children start forming a worldview, by the age of 13, it's almost completely in place. Barna said, a child needs a worldview, so if we don't help them develop it, somebody else will. I'll say something else. If you don't teach your children and get this ingrained in your kids what truth is and who God is, Someone else will teach them everything God is not and will teach them what is not true, but will deceive them to thinking that it is. Boy, that's pretty profound. I wish I, w- I should record that um, and quote myself. I'm kidding. So government agencies have been quietly uh, normalizing the notion of federal bureaucracies overseeing the child-rearing of infants 
How? By changing the educational nomenclature from K through 12, kindergarten through high school, to P through 12. P, right? What are they trying to do? They're trying to gain access to kids pre-kindergarten, as young as three years old. Oh, Lord, I wonder. Here's my my question, my thought bubble again in my head. I wonder what my great-grandparents would have thought about this day and time, what they're doing to young children. I'll tell you what, I we know as Christians the eternal repercussions of leading children astray. I think I'll paraphrase the, the verse Jesus said, it would be better for that person to have a millstone tied around his neck and drowned in the sea than to cause one of these young ones to stumble. One of these little ones to stumble. So friends, we know their end. I take no pleasure in saying they're going to hell unless they repent. I take no pleasure in that. But part of me wants justice now in this life. We probably won't see it in most cases. But we want justice. True justice. God's justice. Anything else put in front of justice, like social justice, climate justice, transgender justice, is not Justice, in fact, is just the opposite. So the administration says it funds government-run child-rearing programs so that parents can, quote, go to work or pursue training with the peace of mind that their children are being set up for a lifetime of success, end quote. What a bunch of lies. Get out the shovels, and you know what I'm talking about. Yet decades of social science conclusively shows Listen to this. Children raised by their own parents have the best life outcomes with a biological mother and a biological father. That's a no-brainer, but they will call us hateful or whatever else, intolerant for just saying that, what is historically true and accurate when it comes to raising healthy children. Um, children raised in preschools often suffer a variety of physical and emotional harms That's been proven as well. So let's go back to a study. Um, 2013, 10 years ago, Vanderbilt University released an evaluation demonstrating that children who went through a voluntary pre-K, pre-kindergarten program, actually performed worse on cognitive tasks at the end of first grade than did the control group. That's according to Lindsay Burke, an expert on the topic at the Heritage Foundation, children who attended Quebec's government-funded universal pre-K program were almost 5% more likely to be convicted of a crime, 17% more likely to be convicted of a drug crime. Overall, these Canadian children in that study experienced worse health, lower life satisfaction, and higher crime rates later later in life. Again, friends, that's with pre-K um, the kids in preschools away from their parents in preschools so the parents can go off and work for a living, right? Make more money. Nearly two-thirds of children who attended daycare had higher cortisol levels than children at home. Quote, for girls, the cortisol rise was associated with anxious, vigilant behavior, while for boys, the rise was associated with angry, aggressive behavior. So back to Joe Biden's proposal, uh, budget, 
offering universal pre-kindergarten with the hope that children who take them will enter kindergarten ready to succeed. So let's go back to 2003. 20 years ago, a study found that the more time children spent in any of a variety of non-maternal care arrangements across the first 4.5 years of life, the more externalizing problems and conflict with adults they manifested at 54 months of age and in kindergarten, as reported by mothers, caregivers, and teachers. And this goes on. This and Biden's budget would boost Head Start funding by $1 billion to $13 billion. Did you hear that? So this is what they're doing. Again, the headline over at the WashingtonStand.com, Biden proposes federally, federally regulated universal pre-K for children as young as three. Wow, friends, this is happening. So did we cover enough ground today? <laughs> We've got to get it, get ready to wrap it up here. So there's a couple of these articles I've got to link here. I don't think I'm going to link the one about that uh, 37-year-old solo honeymooner. Love thyself. Oh, my goodness. As if we need more, more reminders of that message. We're even seeing that in the church. Live your best life now. Love thyself. Take, take your dream vacation. Uh, put it on a credit card. <laughs> I'm kidding. Anyway, um, I'll put that at the link today, StandUpForTheTruth.com. Remember to go to RedPillPrints.com, and you can uh, get some great Stand Up For The Truth gear, or you can go to our link, StandUpForTheTruth.com slash gear. One word, merch, on our website where you can get hats, water bottles, sweatshirts, uh, coffee mugs, all kinds of cool stuff. We don't do anything here in-house. This is all done for us by our friends in Canada at Red Pill Prince. Thank you, you guys. So we're really excited. Um, Mayor Danielson is back from vacation. Uh, she'll be with us tomorrow. And we also have author and apologist, apologist Natasha Crane, blogger, podcaster, great books, talking with your kids about Jesus, keeping your kids on God's side. Uh, she's also doing a brand-new podcast with Elisa Childers. Talk about a power couple. Anyway, we've got a lot of important topics. We're going to try to narrow it down to two, <laughs> maybe three, tomorrow on the podcast with Natasha Crane. We're very thankful that uh, we can get her back on the podcast. So, again, we will get that article to you, the, the top story we uh, discussed today about, again, Biden actually calling it sinful. This is their language, to prote- protect children from transgender surgeries. He said it's close to sin. It's terrible. And he refers to cruel what Governor DeSantis is doing in Florida, passing legislation to protect young children, minors, from trans surgeries. Yeah, what a country. What a world. Oh, my goodness. I'm looking ahead next week. I'm seeing Alex Newman, Todd Nettleton, Andy Woods, Scott Shera, all on the podcast. But again, tomorrow, Mayor Danielson back in the co-pilot seat here on Stand Up For The Truth. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.